Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series. And now, here is Senior Pastor Ken Jensen. Well, this morning, I want to talk about doors. <laughs> you know, doors. They're a great invention. Doors provide us security. They provide us comfort. They can sometimes provide us peace and quiet. As when your kids got the stereo going full blast and you say, shut that door, all right? They keep us and protect us from the elements. They keep us from out from uh, intruders and unwanted guests. But doors can also prevent us from opportunities. Doors can keep us from getting access. Doors can keep us from making connections with other people. Next weekend, we're going to open the doors of our new facility. So it's somewhat appropriate this morning that we talk about doors. Between the four buildings on our new campus, there's at least 20 exterior doors. Plenty of entrances. But it doesn't matter how many doors there are on our building. If we do not consistently maintain open doors in our hearts. Because at the bottom line, that's what really matters. Not the number of doors on a building, but the doors of our very hearts. Jesus talked about it. He told his followers, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. He said, I'm giving you the keys. It's up to you. It's your job now to make the kingdom of God accessible to everybody and anybody you come in contact with. And so this morning I want to talk about keys and doors. What does it mean to be a church with open doors? How do we maintain an openness in our fellowship, in our family? How do we keep the doors open for people who aren't yet here? Because I think that's a very, very important thing to talk about this morning particularly as we're about to move in to a new building with a new set of doors. And there's some very important things that we need to maintain. And I've actually asked a few people to kind of help me this morning, share a little bit about their story and uh, their access to the kingdom of God. But I want to talk a little bit, first of all, about what open doors are all about. Because open doors offer acceptance to people. And that's at the heart of it. That we are accessible and we're accepting of anybody, no matter where they come from or no matter where they've been. Matthew 16, 19, Jesus says, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Now, any parent who has had a 16-year-old start driving knows exactly what that means. (laughs) Keys have to do with trust. Keys have to do with responsibility. And in essence, Jesus is saying, it's in your hands. I'm entrusting the kingdom of heaven to you. He has entrusted his kingdom into your hands. In fact, he goes as farther and says, what you lock on earth will be locked in heaven, and what you unlock on earth will be unlocked in heaven. Have you ever lost your keys? You ever locked yourself out? That helpless feeling? And I I can't remember ever locking myself out of the house, but I have locked myself out of my car on more than one occasion. A number of years ago when our kids were younger, we took this trip uh, down to Southern California. It was actually their first time on an airplane and we flew down and rented a car and we were going to do all the amusement parks in Southern California. We did Knott's Berry Farm, Disneyland, Magic Mountain. We did them all. You know, just everything that we could go to. And that was kind of the vacation that summer. And, and the last place we went was to Magic Mountain in Valencia, California. It had to be over 100, 100 degrees, probably about 110 degrees. Hottest day of the year. 
but that was okay because they had a lot of rides and roller coasters that splashed water. So we kept cool. And we went through the whole day and had a lot of fun, roller coaster after roller coaster. The whole day, came to the end of the day, went out to the parking lot, found our rental car. I had lost my keys on one of the roller coasters. And of course, you know, it was a rental car, so what do you do? I went back, I tried to see if I could get somebody to loan me a coat hanger, but nobody would do that. I actually had to call a locksmith to come out, make a new set of keys for me to open the door so we could go. Just a couple of weeks ago, I was up at Costco. I went up to get gas and uh, got out of the car, closed the door, forced a habit. I don't know why. I had locked the door, closed the door, and I realized I'd locked my keys in the car. Now, that's really embarrassing. There's probably no more embarrassing place to lock yourself out than in the gas station line right in front of the pump, you know? I got all these people looking at me like, what an idiot, you know? <laughs> so I got out my AAA card, you know, and it was raining, of course. It was a couple weeks ago. And I had to wait for the guy to come out there, and just people are driving around me, and I'm taking up a whole spot, and there's lines of cars behind me. That's embarrassing. Jesus says, don't lose your keys, folks. <laughs> don't lock yourself out. I'm giving you these keys. Take care of them. This is an awesome responsibility. Take the responsibility of the kingdom of heaven seriously. And he's calling upon something that the people, his hearers, are very familiar with. Because, see, back in those days, the king in the palace had a steward of the keys. And it was his job, not only to lock and unlock the doors, but it's actually his job to provide access to the king. And Jesus is using that picture and he's saying, listen, folks, it's up to you. I'm giving you the keys. And it's up to you to make the kingdom of heaven accessible to as many people as possible. Because what you lock on earth will be locked in heaven. And what you unlock on earth will be unlocked in heaven. And he's not giving us permission to lock people out. He is giving us a warning. Because he says, whenever you make decisions about people, whenever you prejudge them, whenever you withhold forgiveness... Whenever you act in any way that gives some people a closing out of the kingdom of God, you are locking them out of eternity. And there's lots of ways that inadvertently we lock people out. We see somebody and we think, well, there's no hope for them. Lost cause. Or other people that seem to struggle over and over again and we think, you know, they're never going to get it. Or somebody does us wrong and we withhold forgiveness from them. When Jesus has told us to forgive as we have been forgiven. And every one of those actions goes to locking people out of the kingdom of heaven. We make artificial hoops that we expect people to jump through. We put all kinds of barriers in people's way. It says the kingdom of God is accessible to anyone. And it's up to you to unlock the doors. With our building project, we've had to put in all kinds of extra access for handicap. Now, that's required by law, but it's also a really good thing because we want to make the kingdom of God as accessible as we possibly can to every and every person. And that's what he's telling us to do. That was the good news that Jesus proclaimed, that the kingdom of God has come for ordinary people, not for scholars, not for just religious people, but for everyone. And there's a lot of times that we give up on other people and we think they'll never change. Paul wrote to the Corinthian church, if anyone is in Christ, 
He is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. In Christ, everybody gets a fresh start. A new creation. And this morning, I've asked Nick Chavez if he would come and, and share a little bit of his story because uh, there's a lot of people that would have given up on Nick a number of years ago. So would you welcome him, please? Thank you. Hi, my name is Nick Chavez, and Pastor Ken asked me to tell my story. Before I came to faith in Jesus, I made a lot of bad choices in my life. I started drinking when I was 14. I started with beer and then got into some harder stuff. But I was still able to manage things until I was 23 years old. When I was 23, I got pretty heavy into methamphetamines. I was a carpet layer during the week, but on the weekends I was tired and wanted to just do my drinking thing. Hanging around the wrong crowd, I was introduced to meth, and it allowed me to keep the high feeling longer than booze. Eventually, my habit got me ended up in jail. I was arrested and convicted for using. I spent four months in jail. While I was in jail, I started my journey back to God. Another inmate started sharing his faith with me, and I started listening to him. He got me started thinking, and some seeds were planted in my heart. It was while I was in jail that I started feeling closer to God and that I had it in a long time. When I got out of jail, I entered the outpatient program called Catargio. It wasn't a religious program, but most of the counselors were. I completed the program and went right back to dope. About 85 days ago, it all caught up to me. I had the worst trip I'd ever had and literally thought I was going to die. It scared me so much, I called my brother and he came to help me. The one thing he did was ask me to give over my dope to him. To me, that was like God's intervention. If you know dope addicts, the one thing you aren't willing to give up is your dope. But it was like the power of God was working with me. Eventually, I gave him my dope, and together we flushed $400 worth of dope down the toilet. Five days later, I went to AA, and that was the beginning of my recovery. A few weeks later, I came to Northgate for the very first time. I immediately felt welcomed and at home. I felt accepted just the way that I was. I met Rob DeSimone, and he took me under his wing. I met with Rob every Monday. I also started going to John and Vicky's Bible study on Wednesday nights and Rick Small's Bible study on Tuesdays. These have helped me a lot. I've also got a sponsor with AA. God has put some really great people in my life, and all of them have been real help to me. I've, I know I've still got a long ways to go. It's an everyday struggle. I know the need to prayer every day. I know that it's only through God's strength that I'm able to stay sober and thank him for the people he's blessed me with and the church family that I have here at Northgate. He said he was really nervous about sharing. Good job, thanks. Everybody gets a chance in the kingdom of heaven. And it's our job to make that accessible. Open doors also require quite a bit of patience. You ever held the door open, you know, for someone and then find out you're holding the door open for a lot more people, you know? I, we went out to, we go out to dinner and I opened the door for my wife, you know, so I opened the door to the, uh, I'm holding the door open to the restaurant and she walks out and then people start walking in, you know, and then it's like a party of 25, you know? <laughs> sometimes you get tired of holding the door open. This last week I, uh, 
I had to go to, to Kaiser Hospital. I'm getting ready for this uh, mission trip to Uganda, so I had to get some shots. And while I was there, I went to visit Gary in the hospital. And I was, I was kind of in a hurry, which, you know, when you're in a hurry, the hospital is not the place to go. You know, because like, there's people there with walkers, you know, and wheelchairs, and they're moving real slow, you know. So I get in there, and I get to the, get to the elevator, and it's like I, I, I am willing to swear that the elevator at Kaiser Hospital is the slowest in the world, you know. I push the button, and I'm waiting, and waiting, you know, and while I'm waiting, more and more people kind of get on, you know. And finally, the elevator doors open. We all get on and, and uh, you know, push the buttons for our floors, and, and the doors start to close. And just before they close, they bump, and they open right back up because somebody outside pushed the button. So now we got more people walking on, and the doors start to close again, and the lady sticks her hand in and stops the door and sticks her head out and calls for her friend. And it's just like, I could feel my impatience meter starting to rise, you know. Let go of the door! <laughs> I got places to go. <laughs> Sometimes we get tired of holding open the door. But not everybody's ready to open and walk through the doors of faith. And we have to be patient with them. The Apostle Paul picked up this door imagery when he wrote to the Colossian church. He actually wrote this from jail. He says, pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message for which I am in chains. Now, what strikes me about that, he's not asking for the doors of the jail cell to be opened. He's just asking for more and more opportunities to share faith. And he probably wrote this from, the, from prison in Rome. And, and he writes later from, from the prison, he says, you know, since I've been in chains here, every one of the Praetorian guards knows my story. Because <laughs> he wasn't looking just for open doors on jail cells. He was looking for open doors to share the message. And they would bring in jailer after jailer, you know, and they'd put him in there, and he'd be watching him in the cell, and he'd start sharing his faith with that guy. And so he would move out, and another jailer would come in, and they would just keep rotating prison guards, and every one of them was getting a dose of the message. <laughs> he says, you've got to keep sharing it. I wonder sometimes if he could possibly have imagined the open doors that we have and the opportunities that we have. Because most of Paul menis Paul's ministry was met with opposition. Ended up in jail a number of times. He was beaten for the story that he was telling about faith. He, you know, just, it was just a hard road all the way around. And I think if he could look forward some 2,000 years and say to this church, look at the open doors you've got. People, you've got so much opportunity, you have no idea what I had to go through. Make use of those open doors. Be patient. Look for the opportunities and then make the most of them. Yeah, maybe sometimes you get tired of holding the door open and you wonder if somebody's ever going to really listen or if it's ever really going to take or if, or if it's really ever going to make a difference. He says, keep holding the door open. Not everybody is ready to walk through the door of faith, but if you keep holding it open, someday, maybe they will. I have friends that I've known for years that I have shared off and on my faith with them and invited them to come and visit my church. And some have and some have not. And there's times that I think, you know, how many times am I going to invite them and, and have them not show? You know, you know and, I, and I honestly, I feel I get tired of trying to hold open the door. Because I can't push somebody through the door of faith. But the one thing I can do is keep holding the door open. And that is so important because this whole thing takes time for people. 
If people have no background, if they have very little background, if they've been burned by church in the past or walked away from the faith, it's going to take a while. But don't give up. I've asked Kathy Lim if she would share a little bit this morning about her story because it was about six years in the making. So would you welcome Kathy, please? Kathy? Last year, my friend's patience finally paid off. This friend I have, whose daughter is also my daughter's friend, practiced a huge amount of patience with me for over six years. Had she given up on me, I might not be here today sharing with you all these positive things. When Pastor Ken asked me to speak today, I was a little nervous but also excited. I grew up in a large family of six brothers and two sisters who were all raised in a strict parochial school. Being number seven, it was pretty rare to get someone to listen to you. I used to want to be a bingo caller so I would know that people were listening. (laughs) So here I am. I was just baptized last April up on the hill near our new church. It was very awesome as an adult for me making this choice to accept Jesus into my daily life. And my Christian life has continued to grow every day. Pam Alden probably started asking me to visit Northgate in 2001 when our daughters were attending Kids World together. I knew Emily was enjoying those Friday nights and learning about God's work at the same time and having been raised in a different religion, trying to get my own family to practice, it made it difficult for me to allow her to go to this fun place to learn about Jesus. Since I knew Pam, I thought it would be fine. Pam's gentle nudgings didn't stop. I remember she would always invite me to come check it out or see what it was like while we were talking about the daily grind of kids, school, work, and bills. But most of all, I remember her being very patient and I would respond, oh no, we have our church, oh well, I don't know. She never compared mine with hers, she never judged and simply went on to another subject. As our daughters grew and attended Middle Mania, I became familiar with a lot more people at Northgate and Johnny was so darn funny. So I also felt the people at this church were addressing needs of the community, having fun with flamingos and taking volunteers to Mexico was really cool. So when I was baptized last April up at the new church, not only did I accept Jesus into my heart, but also was accepted by other members here. And many people stayed after to celebrate with us as we were baptized in the inflatable pool. On that day, I explained how Pam's gentle nudgings got me there, and she never gave up on me, and I will always, always be grateful for that, because there were days before my first visit to Northgate where I cried out for God's answer to what I was supposed to do with my faith and with my children's upbringing. Christmas before, I was spent forcing my daughter to go to church and leaving my son home playing the Xbox with his dad. That's when I took Pam and Emily's advice for my New Year's resolution and came where Emily said, it's really fun, Mom, you'll like it there. So here I am, honored to be up here, really having a lot to say about patience while trying to keep doors open for people to walk through and enter a life with Christ. Every week I'm learning more and more about the Bible than I ever knew. I've been through some tough times with God's help, and I prayed for strength from God to handle a hard time in my life. I grew stronger and have been able to handle some really heavy things, but also at Northgate, I learned so much. I listen to Pastor Ken and Jeff, and they remind us that God has a plan for us all, 
And even though we might not understand what the heck we're going through now and what or if it has anything to do with his plan for our future, I'm very lucky to have been raised to have the faith in God. And what I'm learning now at Northgate is that we are all here for a purpose and our job is to have patience and faith in God and know that I learned that becoming a good Christian is a process and I need to have patience with myself and others. I can honestly say some of my worries have ceased when I remind myself, oh, what a relief. I don't have to worry. This is God's plan. And when times are tough, I think I can, and I can't go on, I look to God and remember that he knows best. His design is intricate and way beyond my comprehension of what I can understand in my lifetime. But he will unravel it when it serves his purpose. And I know I'm not living in vain. I'm living in Christ. So the change of habits that I made since I came to Northgate, I get up most mornings now and watch the sunrise and thank God for another day. When I hear trains, I get a cozy feeling. <laughs> I actually read over my church service notes and find myself sharing so much of the service with friends that for some reason I don't feel shy about talking about all these changes either because I remember the way Pam was with me, gentle nudges. And I might say something like, come check it out whenever you want. You might like it. It helped me. It changed my life. God's with me wherever I go. And then I change the subject and wait like Pam. You may have someone that you've been sharing with and hoping and praying that they would come to faith. And, and you wonder if it's doing any good. Jesus said, ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be open. Keep holding the door open. The last thing I want to share about doors is they allow the opportunity for restoration. See, along with patience, I think holding doors open requires a faithfulness. There's a great significance to open doors. On another occasion, the Apostle Paul wrote these words to the Corinthian church. He says, I will be staying here in Ephesus because there is a wide open door for a great work here, although many oppose me. He said, I'm staying here. God has opened up a door and I'm not leaving till it closes. He said he saw the opportunities. And even though there was opposition for it, he said, God has opened up a door and I'm going to be faithful here. I'm going to stay here until it's no longer open for me. And I think that is very, very important. Because you see, the thing about doors is, not only do people walk in through them, sometimes people walk out. For whatever reason, people drop out, lose faith, go through crises of doubt, drift away, lose touch. And we look around and say, I wonder whatever happened to See, I think the thing about keeping doors open is that we always make it easy for people to return. That everyone who may, for whatever reason, from time to time, walk out these doors, always know the doors are open for your return. This morning I've asked Guy Benjamin to share his story. So would you welcome Guy, please? Good morning. Um... My story is, uh, goes back about uh, 15 years, actually. I'm actually one of the people that came to this church back when the, uh, we were still meeting in a post office. So it's kind of interesting for us to 
for me anyway, to see us now moving to our third building up to the, uh, the new campus here next weekend. When I first came to the church uh, back in 1991, uh, there was less than 50 members, and it, the church felt very much like a little bit of a clique um, because there were so few members. I was new to Christianity at the time, and I was um, very fearful that I wouldn't be accepted just because I, I wouldn't somehow live up to the standards of this, this small group of people. Instead, what I found were open doors and open hearts, and the people there really accepted me and brought me into the, brought me into the church family and welcomed me. Um, I became very involved in Northgate, and over the years was uh, was very involved in the church and watched it grow. But I came to a place in my life where um, where I had some difficulties, much to my own, uh, basically left to my own devices. I kind of screwed things up. I went through a divorce, and when I went through the divorce, I felt like God had left me and that um, that I really wasn't, uh, God really wasn't interested in my life anymore. Uh, I found later that's not true, but that was how I felt at the time. So I walked away from Northgate, and I was, I was, kind of wandering, I call that my time in the desert or my time in the cave, and I was wandering away from Northgate for a number of years. And during the time that I was away, it was funny, I would continually run into people from Northgate. I'd run into Ken or I'd run into other members of the church. And they were always welcoming, they were always non-judgmental, and they were always saying, why don't you come back, why don't you come check it out? But I was kind of stubborn. And I kind of thinking that, you know, God really wasn't interested in my life. So I continued on my way and continued to just really screw up my life and make a mess of my life. Um, about two years ago, I hit, I hit a bottom. And I, I realized that if my life was going to ever get better, if my life was ever going to change, that... The only way I could do that would be with God's power and God's strength. And I really couldn't think of any other church that I could possibly go back to, the, the Northgate. So I came back. Um, when I first walked through the doors here, the, you know, the, you hear the stories about how the church is going to fall down when certain people walk through the doors. <laughs> I, was, I was certain that... Uh, that the whole building was going to collapse and we were going to have a major earthquake or something. But um, it didn't happen. And, uh, and amazingly, nobody nobody shooed me out the door. Nobody said, you, you don't belong here. Instead, I found again the welcome arms and open arms and welcome, welcome hearts. Um, that was two years ago. And since that time, my life has really turned around. Uh, really quite amazing what's happened in my life over the last two years. And I really uh, have God and the, the church family here at Northgate to thank for that. So, thank you. Open doors say there's always a welcome return. Probably the most famous story of all that Jesus told, the most well-known example of this is when he told the story of a son who walked out of his father's doors. said, sit, doing my own thing, going to go my own way and hit bottom. 
It says that son returned to his father, and what he found was his father had wide open doors. In fact, he threw open the doors of the banquet hall to throw a party for his returning son. And that's the picture of God's heart. And it should be the picture of the church. We are always open, always welcoming, always trying to make the kingdom of God as accessible as possible to everybody that we can. But that son had a brother, an older brother who was the good son. He stayed home. He did everything his dad asked him to do. And when his returning brother came, he refused to be a part of the celebration. Because you see, even though he had been there all along, his heart wasn't open like his father's. And the message of that that Jesus had for us, his church is, keep the doors open. Never close yourself off. Never think that you are better than anyone else or that somehow you've arrived for any other reason than God's grace. It is the job of the church to use our keys wisely and responsibly and to always keep the doors open. In the last book of the Bible, God says these words, When I open a door, no one can close it. When I close a door, no one can open it. I have placed before you an open door that no one can close. And I think the message to that church and the message to our church is, God has opened the door. It's up to us to make sure it keeps staying open, however we can. It's a poem that was written by a man named Samuel Schumacher. He's actually one of the founders of AA way back in 1926. Came across this years ago, and it's been one of those things that I've gone back to over and over again. I'd like to read it to you this morning. I stand by the door. I neither go too far in nor stay too far out. The door is the most important door in the world. It's the door through which people walk when they find God. There's no use going way inside and staying there when so many people are still outside. They creep along the wall like blind folks with outstretched, groping hands, feeling for a door, knowing there must be a door. Yet they don't find it by themselves. So I stand by the door. The most tremendous thing in this world is for people to find that door, the door to God. The most important thing that any person can do is to take hold of one, of one of those blind, groping hands and put it on the latch, the latch that only clicks open to a person's own touch. Nothing else matters compared to helping them find and open it and walk in and find Him. So I stand by the door. Go in, great saints. Go all the way into the house. Go into the deepest hidden casements of withdrawal, of silence, the deepest richness of sainthood. Some must inhabit those inner rooms and place seems a little closer than to the opening. But I choose to stand by the door. I admire the people who go way in, but I wish they would not forget how it was before they got in. Then they would be able to help the people who have not yet found the door. You can go in too deeply and stay too long and forget the people outside the door. But as for me, I shall take my old accustomed place near enough to God to hear Him and to know that He is there, but not so far from the people as to not hear them and remember that they are there too. Where? Outside the door. Thousands of them, millions of them. But more important for me, one of them is two of... But more important for me... One of them, or two of them, or ten of them, whose hands I am intended to put on the latch. So I shall stand by the door 
and wait for those who seek it. I would rather be a doorkeeper. So I stand by the door. Would you bow your heads with me? Jesus said, listen, I am standing and knocking at your door. If you will but hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will eat together. He's never going to push his way in. He always waits for us to open the door, to open our hearts to his grace, to open our lives to his service. And when you open those doors of your own heart to him, you automatically become part of the opening door process for others. It's what he's called us to do. So let me ask you this morning, what doors do you need to open? Maybe it's opening up your heart to him and saying, Lord, you have free access to my life. Maybe you've been away for a while. Maybe you've never taken that first step through the door, but this morning, it's time. And you know it. Because God's been calling to you from that door and knocking for a long time. Maybe you're here this morning, you've walked through that door, but your attitudes and your treatment of other people is inadvertently closing the doors for them. Maybe you need to open some relational doors, doors of forgiveness and acceptance. I'm going to ask you this morning, who do you know that you could help find that door? Through a simple invitation, through a casual conversation, maybe even opening up the doors of your own home. God has called us to open doors. Lord, may we always be known as a church with open doors. Open doors of acceptance, welcome and forgiveness. Open doors of mercy and grace, love. Open doors to any who are looking. And may we all take our place by the door, longing for, waiting for, praying for our friends and our family. However you can use me, however you could use each and every one of us in this room, Lord, help us to not lose heart and not give up keep holding open those doors. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust that you'll join us again soon for another uplifting message from Northgate Christian Fellowship located in Benicia, California.